and welcome to another Home Field Advantage episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. I am 1%, no, half percent, 50% of the podcast, We Only Look Thin. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I've had so much coffee. My name is Katherine Weigel. I've lost 145 pounds, and with me today is... Donald Weigel, and I'm the other one half... 30, 20, 50%-ish of We Only Look Thin. And I have also had a, a fair amount of coffee, and I've lost about 100 pounds, and I've kept it off for, I don't know, three and a half years now. Congratulations. We, before we started this very podcast, we just listened to our last two episodes. Yeah. We have been in our heads, out of our heads. I know. Uh, for about three hours it's now. It's been all about We Only Look Thin all morning, but we have a lot of steps to show for it because we were uh, we were rebounding while we were listening so it's good times yeah it's funny that we listen back to old episodes and by old i mean new episodes you haven't heard yet and we laugh at the same things that we say yeah. or we we try to make the same jokes before we say them on the podcast we just have we're uh, we're in our heads a lot we've been alone in isolation from covid for like 18 months now so we're just listening to ourselves yeah it feels like 18 coffee. months anyway uh but uh but yeah we're we're home we're alone. Not everyone is home and alone. Some people are uh, going out and seeing other people this, yes, uh, indeed. this summer. And we are, our previous two episodes were all about, you know, the first one was about looking ahead to the summer and planning for it so that you weren't hit with, you know, 45 or to 90 surprises, <laughs> you know, all the time about what was coming for your summer and really planning for your, uh, your health and your fitness. And then the second part we talked about about um, actually traveling, staying at hotels, staying at Airbnbs, rental properties, etc. VRBOs. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> BYOBs. Um, and, uh, and how to deal with that. So, uh, you know, you can still listen to those episodes and still enjoy them just as much as if they were brand new today. Um, but uh, this week, we thought we would talk a little bit about um, what to do if you're staying in your own home. Yep. Like Catherine and I plan to do this summer, uh, <laughs> if you have a little vacation time, and also if you're going to go visit people. In their homes. The dreaded other humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donald and I uh, are on definitely the conservative side of uh, returning to society. Yeah. As introverts, we're not 100% sure if it is uh, based on our being introverts yeah. or just worrying about society as a whole. Uh, we're not sure, but we're just going with it anyway. I, I may have said this on this podcast before, but I can't, you know, look, I don't want there to be a pandemic. Like you really, uh, for sure, I do not want there to be one, but I have felt like there were some benefits to it. One of which is whenever anybody asks me if I have plans for something, I panic. <laughs> yeah, we were, I, I know I said this recently, we were invited to a birthday party in January, 2022. And I already, like my pulse quickened. Yeah. Uh, I was already trying to come up with reasons where we were busy for some reason. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're not outgoing, yeah, as we, they say. We've had multiple people recently uh, start asking us about making in-person plans, and, and I'm just, like, I'm not ready for it. Even even without a pandemic, that at the best of times, I don't always love doing that. But. Yeah, but uh, so now you know who we are and what we do. Uh, we, we like talking on our couch. That's yes. basically as far as we go. But yes. 
So first, we're going to start out with people like us who are maybe just staying home this summer. Our daughter just experienced her last day of ninth grade yeah. uh, the other day. And so tomorrow, Monday, is the first day of summer for us officially. Yes, indeed. So that can mean a change in schedules. Just because you're staying home doesn't mean you have to have the same schedule as you might <laughs> uh, during the school year. <laughs> yes, schedule. <laughs> I don't know. So fancy. Look, you all know by now that I just don't say things correctly. Um, but as the summer progresses, Donald might, his work schedule might change. We might loosen some of our rules. And being at home, sometimes the people call it a staycation. Oh, yeah. Staycation. Very clever. So that can mean that you are changing up your rules a little bit. During the school year, our daughter has to uh, attend school on the couch at 8 a.m. Yeah. So that means that we have to get our rebounding out of the way early, that we've got to kind of do our food prep and make sure that the living room is uh, a school space for her. But now it's summertime. Donald and I can switch up our routines a little bit. Yeah, and I I'm, should be having a small kind of break at work in between uh, in between seasons of TV shows. So uh, um, I don't have to be quite so rigid about when I go in. So we may have a, a sort of a break where things we can get a little loosey goosey, oh. if you were. Yeah. But I think that that also means if you're living with uh, with others or on your own, having a conversation with the man in the mirror or with the people that you live with to sort of talk about what an expectation for a staycation might be. And that could be, hey, are we going to switch up our food routines? I know we usually, like Donald and I, as humans, sometimes go on long hikes on the weekend. Yeah. And that might mean, hey, we're we're on staycation. And maybe we could do that during the week instead of waiting for the weekend. Yeah, we really will get crazy with the cheese whiz, so to speak, <laughs> and uh, go on long hikes on a Tuesday. Ooh, crazy. <laughs> but that could also mean, which we've done in the past, is having a destination to walk to, because that's our jam, is the destination walk, where we might check out a new cafe on a day that might usually be a work day. So we'll walk, we actually walked like two or three miles to a cafe, had a delightful cup of coffee, and yeah. then walked home. That was our exciting uh, our exciting journey. So having a staycation could also mean picking a new habit to try out for a week. Oh, so yeah. it's sort of a, a mini break from your usual habits. Maybe you're used to rebounding or doing yoga. You could work on trying out a new habit for just a week, trying a new uh, location that you walk to, or trying out a new workout video, new yoga, trying out a new class if things are opening up in your area. There's uh, a Zumba class on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Sundays, I think, uh, that I might actually want to try. Oh, interesting. Going to a class on a Wednesday? Who does that? That's crazy talk. But if you're having a staycation, you could switch up your schedule a little bit. And I was thinking about actually, um, you know, I was unemployed at the beginning of the pandemic, but I've been back to work since last July. And I really haven't been keeping up with my strength training the way I was uh, before. And I was thinking about, you know, a kind of staycation activity might be trying to get a little bit more back into that, at least at least working it back in uh, occasionally, if not, you know, every day like I had been doing beforehand. So maybe part of your staycation could be revisiting an old habit. Well, that's a great idea, too, because I think sometimes we think that if we're going to start a habit, it has to be forever, but right. actually having it be like, oh, okay, well, I'm off for the next seven days, so I'm going to do the strength training for seven days. If I keep up with it after that, great, but right now I'll just look at it as a short term. That's a great idea. Thank you. I have them once in a while. <laughs> well, and two, you know, I think when we're 
you know, in the school year or in a hard work time, we can definitely get regimented in terms of the kinds of foods that we have or the time that we take to meal prep and that kind of thing. So having a staycation might be trying out a new food plan or we got, uh, I, I love cookbooks, love them, love having them. I hoard them yeah. like Gollum with rings. I just, Yeah, how many recipes do you make out of them? You that think, doesn't matter. That's, that's not what it's about. <laughs> that's not are we going to talk about cookbooks? who collects what for what reason? No, no, we are not going to start that. <laughs> um, but I just pulled out a cookbook that I've had for a very long time and looked through it and found out that there were actually lots of really simple recipes that I could try out. So it might not be something that I would do traditionally during the school year or on a you know a regular week, but I might be able to try one or two of them as kind of a special, you know, I don't have to be the person that makes a new recipe every single week of my life, but during a staycation, I might be uh, a little bit more uh, exciting in the kitchen. Yeah. And, and look, we're not saying that your staycation has to be completely boring about, you know, starting <laughs> new fitness habits and walking places. You know, you can do fun things and you should do. We probably will try and do some fun things too, but the idea here is not to make everything about food. You know, in the past, before I really started down this current path, I would use anything as an excuse for food. You know, I would hear the word staycation, and before yeah. before the sound of the N left the person's mouth, I would be, like, imagining all of the ways I could then indulge in treats. Right. And so we're talking about just trying to make the focus not entirely on food and put the food part of it maybe on the back burner when, when you're planning your stay-at-home vacation. Well, and I would definitely be the, like, okay, well, let's go get donuts right now, and let's not walk, and let's go get bagels, and let's, you know, make it all food-based like Donald said. But having a policy, if you're having a staycation, like we might be doing, is we don't get bagels during the week. We don't get donuts on a random Monday. Right. That's not donut day. Having it as a planned indulgence for the end of the week or something like that could really make a difference. And I heard on another podcast someone suggesting having a really mellow food situation if making new recipes isn't your jam. Being like, you know what? We're going to go to McDonald's on a random day and get Happy Meals for lunch. Right. And it's like, okay, that's 400 calories. It's totally doable. It's not extravagant. We're not going to supersize it. But relaxing your rules a little bit and having a little bit more flexibility so that you're not cooking every night. Or, hey, maybe even use paper plates. Whoa. What? So you don't whoa. have to do as many dishes. Whoa. That is not fancy. Blowing my mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So just think about changing up your situation at home make it a little bit more relaxed, get up a little bit later, do a couple of stretches, uh, enjoy coffee out on the patio, do something cool. Yeah, We're so boring. Oh my gosh, there are people out there who are like, if they talk about walking to get coffee one more time. Uh, but that's what you got when you got We Only Look Thin. So. Indeed. All right, but let's say that you are much more exciting than we are, and you've decided to go visit friends and or family. What is that? If yeah. it's not a Zoom call, I don't want it. Exactly. <laughs> What do you do then? How do you manage your weight loss and fitness plan in those situations? 
So one thing we can do is look at the before times. What was it like then when you went to go and visit other people? <laughs> In the long, long ago. In the long, long ago. But we have had situations where, I mean, we've talked about this previously, about different expectations for different kinds of visits. Are you going to go and visit someone who is a total food pusher, who's totally, you know, maybe more sedentary than you might be, yeah. who brings out the worst in your food habits? Are you going to be with people? people who drink every day, yeah. which we definitely have friends who are heavier drinkers than us. We we don't drink all that often, but there's definitely some pressure that we can feel to, you know, go uh, shot for shot with people who might, you know, think of vacations as real food and drink rum springers. Yeah. And even if it's not something like being with people who like can't enjoy themselves without alcohol, um, it could be just something, you know, we've gone on vacation or gone to people's houses. Like breakfast is not a big deal for Catherine and I. You know, I typically don't eat it, but there are people that we go with who like cannot do anything until breakfast happens. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, how are you going to handle those situations and what are you going to do, you know, when you're with somebody who just has to have it? Or maybe you're the person who absolutely has to have it and you're going to visit people who don't eat breakfast and, you know, you're in the reverse situation. Well, and I think, you know, and and this has definitely come up with us where we have two different situations. Like Donald said, people who prioritize food and then people who don't think about food yeah who are maybe the people who like oh i eat once a day oh i had you know coffee for breakfast i don't need anything until dinner and really deciding like i don't know if i've mentioned this before i'm in my mid to late 40s right now and if i can't start advocating for my food needs now yeah when is that going to happen like i definitely uh, i have a situation coming up where i'm going to be seeing someone who really does maybe have one meal a day that they focus on and in the past that has led to me wanting to secret eat yeah like i bring food with me like Cliff Bars, like we've talked about before. Cliff Bars, sponsor of the show. Please sponsor <laughs> us. Um, but I would bring my own food to eat in my room yeah. if I was staying with them because they wouldn't eat. And so I would secret eat so that I could not eat until they ate. Yeah, because you felt embarrassed or shameful or whatever. Right. So sort of figuring out the kind of person that you're going to be visiting or if they're coming to visit you, what are those habits like? And really ask yourself if we're pulling back is this a situation where you can be honest with the person or people that you're going to be spending time with about your food needs? Or is it a time to be private about your food expectations and just sort of go with the flow? Do you need to announce, hey, I'm counting calories or, hey, I'm abstaining from alcohol? Or do you pull back and say, I'm going to make some policies for myself during the visit and I don't need to announce everything? You know, like I can just kind of play it close. So what kind of a relationship do you have? Is it something where you need to be verbal or maybe quiet about it? Yeah. And if you're somebody, if you're in a situation where you do feel like, and hopefully with your friends and relatives, you do feel like you can be honest, but I completely understand if you feel like you can't, but hopefully you're in a situation where you can be honest. And if you can, Start out by trying to address it directly and really find out what the other people's expectations are for food. Find out, you know, if you're somebody who has to have breakfast or you're somebody who always skips breakfast, like find out what they typically do. 
Find out what their typical plans are. Find out what they're thinking about for your visit in terms of food. You know, are they planning to make a lot of meals at home? Were they thinking they would you would just go out all the time? Really, you know, address it and ask directly. Yeah, and if you are going to someone else's house, see what you can do about having your own food in their fridge for yourself. So if you're driving there or if you're flying, go to the grocery store and really pick out foods that you know are your go-to ride-or-die safe foods, whether you need to make hard-boiled eggs or have yogurt or, you know, cold cuts, as the kids used to say. Having foods that you know are your kind of safe go-to foods can really help you navigate someone else's kitchen. If they're having breakfast and you usually have a protein shake – it's okay to just stick with your protein shake. Yeah, and you know, one of I actually kind of like the activity. I know it sounds weird probably to some people, but when I get to, you know, my destination, especially if I'm going to visit my East Coast family of like early in the trip, right when we get there, going to a grocery store and actually buying some stuff with them is kind of nice. And I also, you know, maybe in a sick way like exploring new grocery stores a little bit and figuring out what to buy, but Really, you know, I'm repeating exactly what Catherine just said, but, you know, having some of your go-to things and having them in the house, having them ready to go can be really comforting and really, you know, you know, you've got that support there ready for you when you're when you're ready to eat. Yeah. And also, you know, in in that sort of pre-planning stage, make decisions and policies before you go to someone else's house. I think in the moment we can feel off guard like, oh, gosh, I didn't know that they were going to make this whole thing. Make some policies about no day snacking. Yeah. Like perhaps if anything is served in a bowl family style, maybe you just don't go for any, you know, high, highly palatable foods that you know are triggering for you. Make a policy for no day alcohol. Oh, if yeah. people are like, oh, we're festive, whatever, you can just say things like, you know what, I really, it really makes me tired when I drink in the daytime. It doesn't have to be, well, I'm on a diet. No, it's too many calories. You know, because we don't really think about ourselves being on diets. We just have certain things that we know about ourselves. It doesn't end well if I start drinking mimosas first thing in the morning. Yeah. And this can be really difficult. It's easier said than done, but prepare to be firm. Maybe even rehearse a little bit about being firm because indulgences love company. Yeah. And when Come other on. people want yes exactly when other people want to indulge they don't like seeing the people with their that they're with ignore the indulgence or not partake in it because i think people feel guilty or maybe they just feel like they can't enjoy it as much or have as much fun so really prepare to be firm stick to your guns And also, it's okay to let the other people know that just because you're not having it doesn't mean that they can't do it, like that it shouldn't stop them from doing whatever they want to do. Look, typically, we're all adults here, and it doesn't have to be about peer pressure at this point. You know, I'm 51 years (laughs) old. Like, if I continually am still bowing to peer pressure, then I really need to examine my my myself and choices and really work on setting better boundaries for myself. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, it it's really difficult in the moment where when we do make those, ooh, that looks really good, you know, choices like, oh, gosh, I didn't know they were, oh, the Pillsbury yeah, dope, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, if you just say, like, I don't do day sweets, I don't do day whatever – 
it's much easier to just say no immediately than to hem and haw because I know when I'm like, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll make this choice and I'll be okay and I'll be fine. Never in the history of I'll make a better choice later has that yeah. ever happened. That yeah. never, ever, ever happens. For sure. So the other way to go about this, if you feel like you're in a situation where you can't be really honest or maybe you just don't want to is – you can keep your cards close to your vest and not make a big deal about it. You don't have to go in. And I don't think you can do both of these things. I don't think you can be open and honest and then also do this. But you don't have to go in and announce up front that you're you know, trying to stick to a diet and fitness plan. You don't have to make it a huge deal. Um, but you can then you know, employ strategies to keep yourself on your plan without trying to rope in everybody else. Right. So that ties into those policies that you kind of, you know, don't necessarily announce, but you just sort of have them in your back pocket. And you don't have to be, like I said, you know, deliberate and loud about your choices. You can just say, you know what, I really don't feel my best when I have sugar in the daytime. Oh, you know what, that looks really delicious, but I'm so full from before. You don't have to make a giant like, no, I would never eat that. I'm on a like. Well, and I'm not even, it's not even a falsehood to say when I eat sugar early in the day, I feel like garbage in the yeah. afternoon. Like it just, it just, doesn't work well with me. And, you know, I do also still technically have type 2 diabetes, which I can also use as an excuse not to eat certain things if I have to pull out that card. But even if you don't have that, just saying like, you know, sugar makes me feel like garbage in the morning, or I can't eat that in the morning, I've got to stick to protein, or I get really tired later, like things like that can really work. Yeah, so keeping to your normal food schedules and being out of sync with other people's plans is totally okay. It can feel really difficult when other people aren't eating. Like I, this actually happened to me. I was with someone who really just ate once a day and I had to force myself to not secret eat and say, you know what? I really need to have scrambled eggs in the morning. I really need to have some yogurt. This is what I'm going to do right now. And you might be unsyncopated with other people's eating schedules. They might be hungry an hour later and then want to make a big meal. You don't have to synchronize exactly with other people's schedules. Yeah. And you can also make it not about weight loss and fitness and uh, a thing that an appeal that really works with a lot of people is that you want to save money by making meals at home you know I don't want to eat out all the time because it's just so expensive these days so how about we grocery shop and we like plan you know I'll split the groceries with you or whatever you want to do um, you know so that I can you can then control a little bit more about the kind of meals that you're making and actually have some you know homemade stuff rather than going out to eat all the time. Yeah. And another thing to do too is initiate or schedule walks or, you know, before dinner, after dinner, in yeah. the morning, have your own routine where you say, and you know what, when people visit, maybe they want time to themselves too. Like yeah. you don't have to do everything together and go, you know what? I really love listening to my audiobook in the morning and going for a walk. I'm going to go head out and do that. Or, hey, before dinner, can we go for a walk or do something like that? Like, it's okay to initiate different patterns of behavior that might, you know, benefit your lifestyle. It's better, you know, we used to just sit and eat all the time with people. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's go for a walk. There's a really cool, you know, botanical garden or there's, you know, all we do is walk around. And I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the podcast you get. We can't pretend yeah. we do other exciting things. Exactly. But, you know, try and try and schedule some activities that don't have to revolve around food. You know, 
I, maybe you're going back to a town you're from, or maybe you're not from there. You can really pick some things to do. You know, you can be like, look, when I used to live here, I really used to love doing X, Y, or Z that doesn't involve food. Or maybe you're a visitor to a town you're not that familiar with. And just really, you know, do some research online and figure out some things to do that don't involve eating and drinking all the time. Well, you know, I mean, you bring up a really good point because when I used to go back to New Jersey, yeah. it was basically a food tour yeah. that happened to have my family there. I can't go yeah. back to Trenton without going to eat Good Bakery. Right. I can't go without trying this i can't do that the lorenzo's pizza yeah Yeah. like (laughs) my my dad yesterday was talking about a specific east coast treat that was just from the wawa the uh, the convenience store and i was like oh my gosh i so want a tasty tasty cake there i said it want a tasty cake yeah but we think about going home as just being ways to tank up on food. Prioritize what really matters. Do you have to act like it is the last time you will ever be at that location and do a breakfast, lunch, and dinner indulgence every single day? Because like we said in a previous episode, you can anticipate gaining five pounds in a week or even a pound a day. Right. Like for me – I gain a pound a day. A pound a day is not out of the question. Not out of yeah. the question. That like still my, the the fat is in the you know reserve, just waiting to come back and shine because they sure do like tasty cakes. Yeah, it's sort of, sort of like revenge of the of the fat cells or whatever it is. But we can be in a position, especially after you know the the pandemic, of being like, oh, I haven't had that in a year. I want to get all of it. It's my favorite. We are grownups who have the opportunity to make choices about the kinds of indulgences we do and prioritize those. You know what? I'll save that for next time. I don't need to get it all in my mouth in these five days. Yeah. And I have to really be careful. Um, This may be a slight tangent, but I have to really be careful about falling back into old habits too. You know, even trying to plan those non-food activities. I, it was just growing up, we would play a lot of board games and table games and card games. And that was just hand in glove with snacking. Like the cards came out and then the snack food came out. My, my grandmothers were big bakers and, you know, people who had giant containers of wise potato chips in, you know, tins and things. And the second that the games came out, the snacks came out. And so I have to really be careful, even though that seems like, you know, playing cards might be a non-food activity of not letting it turn into one because that's what I did when I grew up. Well, and you can switch up the treats too. You can be the one who, because I used to do the thing like, okay, the nine layer dip is my go-to when we have a game night, switching it up and being like, I'm going to cut a giant watermelon and have that. I'm going to be the person who makes a really lovely snack tray that's mostly vegetables, a couple of dips or something like that, but stay away from those carb-centric treats. You can still make it indulgent. You can still have things to enjoy, but you don't have to make it all the super high caloric foods. It can be really difficult. Like Donald said, when we are with family and friends who have certain eating behaviors, certain habits, it can be really hard to assert our needs. But I know, I know that the minute I put my hand in the bowl, like I'm making an active choice. Yeah to go against my long-term goals. We are not saying don't enjoy yourself, but know that those enjoyments, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, making Catherine's the, making air quotes air with her fingers on a podcast. Uh, at a time? Yeah. 
we pay a really high price for that. You know, I have, we have family members and friends who can take one small handful of something and snack on it for the whole evening and be fine. I have a compulsive eating disorder. Like I actually compulsively want to just keep eating and eating until the bowl is empty. So I need to proactively or I have the opportunity to proactively defend myself against my own instincts. Yeah. And um, so just getting back to um, the keeping your cards close to your vest and not, you know, putting it out there. I wanted to go over a couple of quick other things. One thing to do is don't say anything But just take small portions or just, you know, we talked about this on another episode. If you're going out to eat, get on the Internet, look at the menu, plan what you're going to have ahead of time, figure out the the dish or, you know, dishes that are within your plan and order those and really stick to them. And you don't have to make a big deal about it. You're still, you know, having whatever it is. But try as much as you can when you're eating at home to serve yourself so that you can really control the portions and control what goes onto your plate. And we're not saying don't enjoy indulgent foods, but what you can do, like they did in the olden days, they told you, (laughs) fill, fill a quarter of the plate with the indulgent food and then load up the rest with veggies and, you know, sort of lower calorie foods. High volume, pop up the volume. Pop up the volume. And enjoy the smaller indulgent thing. I think we said in another episode too, don't fill up on the generic random foods. If something is really special and you love your cousin's lasagna or whatever, have it. But don't have, you know, the dinner roll that's from, you know, just the generic whatever. Stick to the very special foods. We can have it all, but we pay a price for indulging in every single thing that's put in front of us. Yeah, that was a tip that we gave on another episode, which I think really applies now. And I'm just kind of restating what Catherine just said, but stick to your must-haves when you're on the trip. If you're going somewhere and there is a unique place that has an item that you cannot get where you normally are, Fine, have that. If your if your mother, your grandmother, your sister like makes a dish that you just can't get anywhere else, then enjoy that dish. Have it, you know, try and do it in moderation obviously, but you know, don't just eat the the chips that you can get anywhere or, you know, the the foods that are just really commonplace that you have all the time. Don't allow yourself to because for me, I know that I would eat that stuff and then I'd be like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I can get this at home. Like, why am I eating it like it's the last time I can ever possibly have it? Right. And, and you know, I always regret those choices. Well, and two, going back to the sort of privately setting boundaries, we don't have to say that we're watching our calories or we're trying to lose weight or anything like that. We can say more generic things like, I can't drink like I used to. Right. Like, oh, I couldn't, I'm so full after what I already ate. I couldn't eat another bite. You know what? My blood sugar crashes if I eat too much sugar in the afternoon. You can just say things that are much more generic and they don't have to be judgy based on what they're doing. Talk about how your body feels when you do something. Oh my gosh, I wake up with the worst headache if I eat that. Yeah. Like, and I do actually. Like if I drink one night, the next day I feel like, you know, it's not a hangover, but it's just like I'm groggy and I don't have that spring in my step. And, and look, even if it's not true, and I, I don't like being dishonest, but just – sort of generically, vaguely giving 
you know, symptoms that will happen like, oh man, I can't eat that. My body does not react yeah, well Yeah, or like, to oh, it. my stomach just does not. Does not en- like enjoy that People anymore. don't like to hear about stomach issues. Yeah, so yeah, just, you just can, blame uh, your stomach. You can say that sort of stuff and move on. And another thing um, I like to do uh, is if somebody's really pushing something on you, you know, pull the, I'm really full, but that looks so good. I, I need to have at least one bite of it. And like you have your one bite, and you move on, and then you don't have, you know, another 10 or 12 bites, as long as you're not giving into something that's super triggery. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking about, I, this is me, and we're on the couch, and this is what we're doing. Remember in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, where he pour, pours himself, like, the giant bowl of food, and he's got, like, the bacon and all this stuff, and yeah. he takes a giant spoon, and he, he takes, like, one little bite, and he chews it really <laughs> annoying, yum, 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 and then yeah. he's done, and he wipes his mouth. You could just be really annoying. And uh, kind of gross with your food. And then people are like, okay, we're not going to have food with them. Exactly. But- um, and then one last thing I wanted to uh, mention is the other thing you can do is really praise the dishes that are friendly to your plan. Um, and, you know, if somebody's serving fruit salad or some other kind of dish that is really is within your plan, really, really praise that so that you you can then perhaps get it again <laughs> throughout the trip and not have to, uh, you know... Not not have to have that person constantly try and foist desserts upon you. Yeah. Ooh, you know what people used to say where I never even thought that maybe they were uh, lying about it? People would say, that's too rich. Oh, yeah. It's too rich Oh, for that's me. a good one. That's I never thought that maybe people were setting boundaries with food. I just thought, you know, that maybe it's yes, too indeed. rich. So let's talk about the home field advantage again. Just like I said at the very beginning of the episode, what if you are having people come to visit you? So many of the principles that we just stated still count, but one thing we can really think about is the excuses that we used to make when people would come and stay with us. When people used to come and visit, I suddenly became Martha Stewart. And suddenly I pulled out every recipe book. I was making bunt cakes. I was making morning muffins. (laughs) Top of the morning muffins to you, everybody. And were you you actually making those things for the guests? No, I was praying that they would only have one slice. And then I would want to finish it because you don't want to be wasteful. Yeah, for sure. But I would do that. I would set myself up to make the most indulgent, over-the-top breakfasts, have the full spread because I wanted to be a good hostess. Turns out I just wanted to eat the food. Yeah. And if we put ourselves in a position where we associate our value as people with the most indulgent, over-the-top spreads – as they call it. Right. We are setting ourselves up for behavior because we have disordered eating patterns. And there is a very good chance that we're going to secret eat before they get there. You know, oh, that doesn't, that one's a little burned on top. I'm just going to eat that before they get here. If we make it food centric, we know that we are setting ourselves up for gaining a pound a day. So what we can do is reframe those behaviors. And instead of going to any baked good, which we know is going to be danger, sure, maybe make it for the Saturday of the visit or something like that. Right. But Monday through Friday, keep it as much in your normal scope as possible. You stick to your normal breakfasts and lunches. Let your visitors know, hey, let's go to the grocery store. Let's get food delivered, you know, grocery delivered. You have your normal foods in the day and I will have my normal foods in the day. We can co-eat 
without having to have indulgent breakfast, lunches, and dinners at every single meal. Nobody needs that. Yeah. Not one person needs that. Absolutely. And Donald and I do that already. We co-eat in the same room, but Donald is vegetarian. I'm not. So we eat very different foods, and we're still able. It's not about the food. It's about the spending. The fellowship. The fellowship, the exactly. Fellowship. Yeah, we, we eat almost nothing at of the same dish like we don't like cook for each other we don't make a communal dinner like we almost entirely make our own foods but we eat at the same time like when we're both home um so that we can enjoy the experience of eating together but we don't have the same dishes do we need to do an episode called fellowship of the ring dings (laughs) (laughs) or fellowship of the onion rings so many great episode ideas absolutely one onion ring to roll them all (laughs) 100 percent and in the ranch dressing, bind them. Um, so, <laughs> wow! <laughs> look, you're the nerd. Yeah. I just jumped on this nerd train. No, I wasn't I like as much it. of a nerd until I married you. So, yeah. Um, but really, try to stick to as many of your normal foods as possible. Don't make everything food centric. Have some light meals that you can mix and match and pull together. For example, and including, have a random like Taco Tuesday bar. Just keep it really simple. Have some, you know, ground turkey, that kind of thing. Have everybody make their own things. You don't need to make enchiladas with the extra cheese. You can have it piecemeal so that you can control your portions. Use paper plates. I know that sounds really silly, but a lot of times when we have people come to visit, the number of dishes suddenly get really big and it's hard to keep on track of it when the kitchen is a mess guess guess what you do when the kitchen is a mess you get takeout or you go out to eat so make it as easy as possible i thought you were going to say you spend a lot of time in there cleaning up and snacking while you're doing well there's that too there's that too but you know make it easy by having paper plates maybe it's not the ideal I know uh, the environment, RIP, but also if for a week it makes a difference. <laughs> I sound terrible. The environment, RIP. Like <laughs> but like I used to be kind of snobby about things. Well, a good hostess will have blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Make it easy. Just go for a week and, and make it easy on yourself. Another thing, good point, Donald, point to Donald Weigel. Thank you. Is don't mingle in the kitchen. Don't have everything based in the kitchen. Oh, the the kitchen is the heart of the home. Yeah. Go outside. Stick to the living room. Don't make everything about snacking because uh, we definitely have had visitors here who buy full-size bags of chips. Oh, my goodness, yes. Sit on the couch eating bags of chips. Uh, I can't do that. Family size. Family size bags of chips. Uh, We have a, a family member who eats a bag of chips every night and- and maintains a healthy weight must be nice. Yeah. But I know that if I buy a family bag, that family is a family of one. Yeah, is, no. It is the, a me-sized portion. The, the package is the portion, like whatever that is. That's what I will do. And I just, I can't do that all the time. Yeah. And if you can't, if, if you have people in your home and you can't do your normal routines, again, with working out, say, you're, you know, we only have two rebounders. We're not going to have a rebounder for every single person. And it might, yeah. might fall through the floor. But you can do different things where you go, hey, you know what? I go on a morning walk. I'm up at – because we really are. We're up at 4.30, 5 o'clock. Yeah. We're going to go on a morning walk. We're doing six miles. If you would like to join us, you are welcome to do that. You can join us for a part of it. You know, join us on the first mile and then go home from there trying to stick to as many of your healthy habits as you can even if they're not your ideal 
going out on an evening walk, morning walk, whatever, again, that is a real boon to us. I used to feel bad if I didn't get in the full walk. Why bother doing anything if I can't do it all? But even if you get out for a little while, it's a little slower paced. If you're, you know, depending on the family member, it's okay. Just get outside, get away from the kitchen. Yes, indeed. And again, if you can keep your weekdays as close to your routine as possible, getting, you know, happy meals instead of the full things, it's okay to relax your rules, but then maybe plan on, hey, I I know I like to sound like we're having organic conversations. (laughs) Hey, everybody, we're going to do a big meal on the Saturday before you leave. That's going to be the big indulgent, you know, Italian dinner or whatever, you know, you can do that and save the indulgence for the end of the trip because I I find if I start indulging at the very start, it is so hard to dial back. It is so hard if you've set the standard that every morning is going to be like a big country breakfast or a giant lunch. You're setting that standard. You can dial it back, especially now in this, you know, post-COVID or, you know, in the middle end of COVID situation. This is an opportunity to create some new rules and some new boundaries and some new habits because all of us are kind of out of practice. And I think as we're ending this, I think really understanding this is all going to be really awkward. It's really weird to see people again. It's really weird to go to restaurants, to be in crowds of people. It is okay to just be okay with the discomfort of all of these new weird choices. Hey, you know what? It's really hard for me to moderate a lot of food with people. What are your expectations for the trip? It really helps me if I can stay eating my normal protein and fae and vegetables during the day. Are you cool if we kind of do our own things? Hey, I need to eat three meals a day. I know you only eat one meal a day. Why don't you guys go out to eat and I'm going to stay home and kind of chill out a little bit? Because some, sometimes we just need time by ourselves. Being with people 24 hours a day from the morning, you know, until evening, that's a lot of time together. Everybody needs a little bit of space. At least I do. So it's okay to establish new behaviors and new patterns with people because we haven't seen people in a year and a half. Absolutely. And uh, if you are establishing a new pattern of behavior by listening to We Only Look Thin, congratulations and thank you and welcome aboard. We really appreciate each and every one of you. If you like this episode, uh, all of them are still available wherever you found this one, or you can also listen to all of our episodes on our website, weonlylookthin.com. And if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can head over to the little button that says join our support group if you're a lady Um, and you can get uh, support from me, Catherine Weigel. I was going to say she, Catherine Weigel, but that's just me. Uh, I don't talk about the, me in the third person. Yeah. Um, but if you are having uh, visitors this summer, Wool Place is a great place to virtually escape from people or yeah, get for extra sure. support when you uh, are dealing with challenges. Uh, join Wolt Place. Uh, you can find out more on our website. We have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month option, perfect length of summer option. Um, if you uh, want that, you get a seven-day complimentary trial there too. So it is honestly a great place. I know uh, this sounds salesy, but in all honesty, we do 
two to three Zoom meetings a week uh, in the evenings and in the morning. We vary the time so that everybody can uh, can chime in. It is a great place for support and troubleshooting if you are managing guests or you know situations you didn't even expect. Yeah, um, it's a great place for extra support. So you can find out more there. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through our website or you can email us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. You can uh, send us questions. Uh, We will answer eventually. You can send us episode ideas. We've turned several listener emails into episodes. There are things you want us to talk more about. If you want us to really dive back into something that we haven't talked about in a while, we would like to hear from you. And you can also reach us uh, or follow us through the socials, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at We Only Look Thin. Yep. And uh, if you are feeling generous and would like to throw us five stars on the Apple podcast, that would really help us. Uh, We would really appreciate it. It not only uh, boosts our mood, but it also helps others find our podcast and grows our listenership. Yeah. And we're uh, we're coming up on uh, 500 five-star reviews, and we would really love your help in getting there. That would really uh, make us feel great and uh, also uh, help other people find the show. So if you're totally lying when you stare your cousin in the face saying that you couldn't eat another bite and you totally (laughs) could, just remember that Donald and I are an an inspiration. I totally could. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.